Of both, of, of humor, but also like really just insightful commentary. I about deserve it. Ourselves about Geek Week, but Matt piled um, it on. Matt, 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 you know, actually does not know how to press the record button. In his mea culpa. His very fancy little um, um, recording multi-directional mic, um, and and you know it doesn't even matter. You know, even though it's very high quality, it's probably high quality enough that you heard him pouring his seltzer for for himself and for cognac. Um, I already have you your mind bubbling um, because we're here in person, and but it doesn't really matter. What, what, it's all pretty meaningless. I'm sorry, you're hosting cognac. You know, um, my thoughts were bubbling over, but now they're just flat. <laughs> they're just flat. I deserve that. Okay, I fucked up. Take one of the first ten minutes of this podcast. I it fucked was, it up. It was literally. The high point. <laughs> it's downhill. This is we're, we're definitely sliding down. I mean, sorry, guys. It's like there's this mythical peak that you'll never know about. So here's here here are the the main points that that we uh, no don't even try. It, it's, it's, it's it won't be the same. I mean, I, we'll, we'll we'll get there. So guys, uh, Bart lives. Bart lives. Yeah. This is we're covering four episodes of Gossip Girl on this podcast, so we may have to squeeze a, a couple things in. And we're apparently staying up twenty minutes later than we uh, we had hoped to because <laughs> I screwed up the first take by not actually pressing record. But I have pressed record this time. I'm watching the numbers go and everything. So it's been we've been on hiatus, and we have uh, episodes. Uh, oh, and, and apparently, oh yes, by fucking up, you're entitled to be in charge. All of a sudden, <laughs> you let the guy who doesn't can pl- press a little plastic button. Lead the podcast. That's always how it works. That's a really good idea. You know, that's that's power. Wow. You know what? I'm going to leave the Upper East Side of your apartment in Boston and return to my Brooklyn loft of Culver City, California. You know, I said I out of the center. Go back to that periphery. Yeah, right. I said I said I was moving to I was moving in with Sheely so that we could uh, so that our relationship would survive in the live tweet. But I I think that we're going to pull a Rufus and Lily here. I'm t- I'm tired of being a trophy husband. Okay, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of you not understanding what it takes to make this work. <laughs> to to live up to the TFT name. <laughs> one of us has to do that. I mean, what are we? Peasantry? <laughs> no. I thought I thought I could be a different kind of leader. I thought I could use my powers for good. Much like Lola becoming the it girl in episode 19. I thought that that I thought that by not recording I was doing us a favor. I see. I see. Right, because really the audience that matters I see you're trying to tell us that the only audience that really matters is ourselves <laughs> You're right, like now that I know that this is being recorded I've been, I've lost most of my energy <laughs> So guys, Bart lives Bart lives Bart lives I feel like Gossip Girl is turning into Lost Lost or like like from a teen soap opera to a regular soap opera Like right. a character right, right, coming right, back right. from the dead Right, right 
and there's going to be some effort of retconning because I, you got to imagine that this was not, not in the cards when they when they killed Bart off in a car crash, right? No, I, I don't. I don't think so. Um, but from the point that Elizabeth Hurley's character was introduced and she was in the Bart Bass files. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's definitely been in the cards for this season. I think it's only about this season. I, I doubt even. I, I don't even think that was around. I mean, I don't even think the like parent switcheroo was around the first time we met a Chuck Bass Bass mother. It's getting. It's it's getting very, um, very very convoluted. But I mean, so as a result, I think that you know, the thing to ask is what does. You know what is the meaning of 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 Bart lives right right of of the reveal the end of the most recent uh, episode. Uh, the Upper East Side is just one large purgatory where they've all been scheming. <laughs> they've all been scheming and manipulating one another, and then they realize that the best thing of all was their friendship. <laughs> Boy, I hope not because I can't. I can't have thrown you know five to six years away of my life away okay. on another show again. <laughs> <laughs> um, Fool me once, shame, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame, shame on me. When, when, what happens legally in a marriage when a partner dies? Right? There's no need to like get a divorce or declare the marriage over. Right? The marriage is just over. No, it's just over, and uh, you know, I, I don't think. So Ryan posed some questions to me. I think that we're sort of hinting at whether there'd be bigamy issues. I don't think there can be. I mean, th- I guess this is the, the, there's going to be a lot of explaining to do, right? Because Bart Bass died in a car crash. Wasn't there like paperwork from the state? Yeah, I mean, he was pronounced dead. I'm sure he was pronounced right? dead. Right, he was pronounced dead. Right, so, and, and, and death. Right till death do us part. So death, like. Um, parted the, them. Parted them. So death it dissolves, parted it them. It legally dissolves. The marriage and and also falsifying death, I, I assume, is not legal. Right, it's kind of fraud. I mean, it's fraud, right. you know. And right. someone and there there were like and there, it has to be supported by layers of like false documents and you know d- things like this. So a lot of people have committed fraud apparently along along this way along this road. Right. Yeah, I mean, this this is just fascinating. I mean, it, it, there also raises a question of what exactly. The end game of that is right. So that Bart Bass dies, his whole, all of his assets are are bequeathed to Chuck. Like, I mean, like, what is the larger thing, right? Like, I assume you. Um, and then Chuck blew it on that bitch Blair and getting, you know, getting her dowry paid off, right? right? Yeah, it's it's there's there's it'll, it'll be interesting to see what the missing piece is, right? Because obviously. I mean, there's one hypothesis is that there's somehow that this is about producing public goods. That, that Bart Bass died, right? He 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 Jesused, um, like, um, and and did something for for like for the good of the of the Upper East Side of the society. Um, and so sacrificed his own personal wealth, his marriage for for all of these people, um, so that they that they could live. Or there is some angle that he is that he is working. Right? Yeah. Well, uh, he wanted to stay dead. I mean, like Bart Bart lives is kind of mis uh, a misnomer because like Bart was living, but he uh, we found out we found out that he's living. You know what I mean? Bart's living was revealed. You know. Right. But that, I mean, I think that's the interesting thing is that if if Bart Bass is dead, right? That the the kind of things that were Bart Bass, the material 
and even symbolic trappings of Barbès have been, um, you know, his empire, his marriage are, are either dissolved or carved up. Then, then who is Barbès then, right? Like, um, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's interesting that they, they, they did. Remember, there was an episode about a year after Barbès dies, yeah, in which he is showing. Up, all, right? There's this like, there's this, Chuck is having all these issues where the like, it's ambiguous as to whether the ghost of his dead father is speaking to him or or Bart is around. Right. Um, I don't know if they will be able to make that consistent with this new development. Um, but I think that that's that's interesting. But right. So I, I think the point is is that yeah, on the one hand, like Bart was always living, but not really in that like the things that made Bart. The public Bart Bass are dead still, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and so that then there's this. The other, mar- there's that person. is to say, there's the marriage, person. like the the his position at the head of the company, yeah, yeah, yeah. his wealth, his, his social security number. You know, like I mean, the things that tie him to the, the, the register him as 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 a member of of society in in a, in a legible way. And so, in a sense, there's this like thing that is this super. You know, in some ways, he became the most liberated. Wealthy person of them all because he's not even tied to any of the strictures of society. Right, right. By by dying, he is just, he is a a person that is pure kind of essence. Like he is, <laughs> he is like the essence of of power of capital. Right, like he is he's the spirit of capitalism. <laughs> right, because <laughs> um, he can he moved he basically reorged himself. Um, uh, he, 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 he gave his essence more liquidity, right? Um, and so he then can like fuse with Jack and Diana into some kind of uh, thing. I mean, that'd be some interesting legal work, like <laughs> what fraud? No, like like re- reconstituting like the the a, the Voltron of of people. Oh right, right. Uh, the, the metaphysical legal work. Yeah, that, well, right. That is that is to yeah. say, the corporate person is free to kind of reconfigure itself yeah. internally. So exactly. In a in a lot of ways, yeah. even if it's even if like interpersonal uh, activities are regulated, you know, yeah. uh, intrapersonal activities for the corporate person right. are largely unregulated, and you right. can do a, mostly whatever you want, provided you write it down and everyone agrees to it. Right, right. And so, like, these are like taking this with like the essence of of actual people. Right. They're actually engaging in these rest- these corporate restructurings. Right. Of of actual like the the what what would thought to be these indivisible aspects of of humans of of you are a person. Um, that enters into relationships right. as, as a set of, of personal assets. And, and he was able to kill that off to merge it with something else. Right. That is fascinating. Man. And, and so just as... I mean, and this is actually gets at, like, you know, to, just to juxtapose one of our favorites, you know, and as, as I tweeted this, I followed the, the convention um, of, of whenever life and death is, is at stake in the world of TFT, um, <laughs> you know, the, the, hard, uh, the hashtag uh, Bart lives. And that, I think that, that the structural uh, similarity in the relationship to the originator of Omar dies is really, is really powerful, right? And because it, it really, that, that really strikes this um, in that Omar, who is, you know, one of the most feared. Um, characters most you know sort of powerful in the sense of exercising like violence of, sure. of coercion. Uh, well, of he carries he carries the shotgun of individual will. Right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And yet that right, exactly that, that that like radical vision of of freedom is still subject to these these structural shocks. Is very yeah. 
The cheese, the cheese stands alone. <laughs> um, and 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 the the yeah right and and, and that. Even in that, you know, he's 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 vulnerable in a way that that Barbas, who who that dies and yet still lives, right? They're they're the almost uh, ultimate um, opposites of of what you know of of, the, of of a myth of freedom, and, and that really the real freedom is in this ability of the wealthy to to reorganize themselves. Whereas even um, a a both moral and moral yet violent character is subject to just random random shots to right. uh, shocks. Um, and I think that 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 really says something about the worlds that we're in. I think is one of the really um, fascinating things about. The reveal, um, and it'll be interesting to see how they work it out. But just uh, it's 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 a very yeah. Omar Omar couldn't live, no. right? You know what I mean. Omar had to die. Omar was always, has always already dead. <laughs> In a way. In a way, Omar is always already yeah, always already dead. Well, that I and I, I in that way, I mean, I feel like Bart. Yeah, Bart also has to keep living. I, I almost feel that. I mean, Chuck will be very upset. I think Chuck has often wanted to erase himself in the same way, and the specter of his father being better and more powerful than him has always loomed over. And even in this reveal, Chuck was not powerful enough to totally erase himself and what he meant and his to reorg himself in the same way. And here he is. He finds out that even... When he didn't know or he didn't think his father could do this, his father can still best him at a game that Chuck has often tried to play of erasing himself and erasing what it means to be Chuck Bass. He had to actually change and be kind of nicer, which was a lot more difficult for him. He had to pay the dowry of social obligation. <laughs> Personal transformation. <laughs> yeah. I think it's interesting. I think that, I mean, beyond, and I, I think so, what, we have two episodes off out to the finale? Yeah, the, this year. Um, and and after this finale, uh, I've I've read an interview with the showrunner on a Gossip Girl blog, and he promises that nothing will ever be the same after this finale of Gossip Girl. That I mean, it's all going to change. It's all going to change. It's all going to change. No. Yeah, I know it is. Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> Serena will actually kill a man. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, I mean, I think I think what's interesting is so. so uh, on the one hand, we'll, we'll see how this plays out. I mean, I, I will believe it when I see it, and even then, I will not believe it. <laughs> um, but I think that looking backwards, then you know, because we, we've we there's four episodes. This is the fourth episode now in, in a block that we have. Um, not gotten to discuss, and so you know all of the this this run of four episodes has been leading up to this reveal, and you see multiple themes running through these episodes that kind of lead up to this reveal, and I think one that was that's uh, around the fringes of what we were discussing um, with with Bart lives and, and about the, the the personhood aspect of what it takes to erase your identity is is corruption that you know that. Ultimately, in the declaring of someone being alive and and dead, you know, this is still ultimately there's a public regulatory role there, right? There are 
birth certificates um, and and I guess what certificates of death? There are yeah, yeah death right? certificates. Death certificates, right? You got it. If you want a cheap airfare, you got to fax that shit to the airline. <laughs> right, 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 right. You have to prove that somebody died, right? So that and in um you know in stateless societies, there are other forms of rituals that acknowledge you know that this is a new person, um, and this person has has left. Um, and so in order to to really erase Barbassia, keep the person of Barbass um, alive, or not erase Barbass, but kill him, um, so that his essence can can live, um, it takes a again um, an exercise of of, of of an ability to use the this regulatory and, and sort of status granting power of, of the state for private ends. And, and we see this throughout this run of episodes. And this has I mean, been constant in Gossip Girl. I, mean, I remember one of the first times we noticed it and talk, and talked about it was an early episode where Nate says something like, Oh, oh yeah, this 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 con artist is getting away. Let me call the cops, and then he and then and, you know he calls the the guy that his grandfather is buddies with. Yeah, the police. And that's what sure, calling yeah, yeah. the cops is in this right. world. Um, so this is. Yeah, um, let me call the, Captain, my my friend, the, the assistant chief yeah, yeah, or something, yeah. right? Like, and so on the one hand, this is a, a theme that's run throughout. That this is you know a, a, a aristocracy that's grafted onto the modern state. But on the other hand, I mean. Both, you know, the the Bart Bass, uh, Bart Bart Lives reveal um, might be a bit of a game changer, or at least a, a heightening. Um, but um, I mean, do we see other kinds of ways of working out this mechanism in this set of episodes, and, and how does that kind of relate to what we've seen earlier on? Well, there's, I mean, corruption? well, as far as corruption, I mean, corruption is a special case of dishonesty, right? It's a special case of fraud. It's it's fraud that involves perverting. A perverting a public good, putting exactly. a public put, exactly. putting a public good to private use, exactly. or putting exactly. a or putting a public office to private yeah. use, yeah. and we've we've argued a bunch of times that Gossip Girl is a public good, or at least it's mm. sort of a public office in insofar as it uh, insofar as she, I should say, um, you know, functions to regulate the society. Uh, the aristocratic society of the Upper East Side in a way that turns out to be very important for for all of the characters. Like, well into their 20s, these characters are still chattering on and on and on, after all dropping out of college, mm-hmm. right? Which they must have done. Because Nate is editing a newspaper, a job that you don't need a college degree for. Dan is a, uh, you know, New York Times bestselling author, right? And, 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 and really leader of the literary vanguard. <laughs> right. Absolutely. <laughs> Oh. Roth Humphrey <laughs> Humphrey uh, and um, you know oh I forget where I was going with that but but Gossip Girl Blair I mean Blair is a you know what Prince is a you know d- divorcee yeah. yeah, she's a. Dude. She and Blair are both the most. I mean, it's like, it's like it's like they're now like these fucking middle aged right. middle agers, right? They're still in this transitory phase, um, a, a existential taint. But like, um, but in some ways, it's not like the the, the teenage taint. It is now an old <laughs> the old wrinkly taint of middle age of 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 managing a career and 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 the saggy the saggy taint of compromise. 
you know, <laughs> the, 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 the hairy taint of forgotten dreams <laughs> of unrealized fantasies. Right. So in, in these, so they've all apparently dropped out of college, but you know, presumably, I mean, there actually is a point to this. They're, they're onto bigger and browner things. All of the, all of the characters in Gossip Girl, they have like legitimate professional or in Blair's case, like international political concerns. Right. And yet they're still obsessed with this fucking website all the time, you know? So that's how important Gossip Girl is as a public office in terms of regulating the interactions uh, among the these characters who operate really kind of outside outside the state, you know, in, in a sort of super uh, legal right or extra legal um, uh, domain. So, so with Serena being Gossip Girl and sort of using gossip, using the office of Gossip Girl to fulfill to kind of fulfill private. Um, Aims uh, like like just fucking in episode nineteen, just fucking with Lola just because, yeah. Yeah. you know, just because she doesn't like her, you know. Well, it's interesting though because she goes both ways. It's first she wants to she wants to deflect attention. Yeah, she wants to deflect attention from right. herself, right? She well, yeah, I, I count that under fucking. I mean, she builds her up and then she tears her down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and exactly, it's uh, exactly. you know, which is all sort of fucking wants, with, but right. like, yeah. Yeah, 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 but like, sir, it's an interesting preference inconsistency, right? As well, it's like I don't want attention. I crave attention. Yeah, there's um, but it yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's it's funny that. Serena has become just a bitch where, you know what I mean? And Blair is now dating Dan Humphrey, right? Yeah. It's a kind of, it's well, a role it's, reversal. Right. And it's, well, it, it's, it's, I mean, on the one hand, we could say it's the, um, the, the Venom suit, right? The Spider-Man Venom suit of the Gossip Girl laptop has right. glommed onto her. And, and now it's dark, dark Serena. Yeah. Yeah. No. I, don't, I feel like we were She's cheated. become Vanessa. Yeah. <laughs> Not only because of her darker complexion, but but also that because is, that is hilarious. Also because of her like sort of self selfishness and and uh, petty lashing out against uh, against the people she doesn't that like. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Blake Lively, poor woman, right? Like she has a shitty part. It's it was supposed to be the star, and it's become the shittiest part on all of Gossip Girl. Yeah, we've talked about this before. Oh, is yeah. that in the same way? Oh no, also that in the way that like Serena is supposed to be the star of the world, right? Um, and Blake Lively is supposed to be the star of the show, and in neither case is it true, right? right. Um, but again, that's that's fitting because like you know. I mean, again, we we really beat the crap out of this horse, but um, it, it, it's good because you know this is another piece that we talked about in our our live show um, that we did uh, on on Friday is that you know that often when you look at the meaning of these these teenage shows and and the stars of these shows. You know, the, on the one hand, you see that the 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 trajectory of these characters shows how their agency is is circumscribed. But then, the, the often, very often, the trajectory of the stars themselves mm-hmm. shows that, um, and that. Um, and so, you know, you're, you're thinking about uh, you're thinking about uh, Jason Street on Heart of on Dixie, Heart of Dixie. <laughs> aren't you? <laughs> like one of the Absolutely. one of the benefits of sitting together, which we did tonight while I'm in Boston for the. Uh, 
uh, overthinking it live show at Improv Boston, which included a TFT PowerPoint presentation. Um, one of the benefits of it is that we watched we watched Gossip Girl together for the first time. For the first time, I think. Yeah. And Ryan was and half an hour ago, Ryan was very happy and pleased about that. But now that I fucked up the recording, the first take of this podcast, pretty much all the all I mean, the all I the wind. I can't even look at you. I mean, I, I mean <laughs> if my sound quality is bad, I'm sorry, but it's because I, I turned my chair away. <laughs> I can't even bear to look across that microphone, which is now has a red light on it. Um, but before, Aww. it was just a, a, a just an empty black dot of nothingness. <laughs> so, um, all right. So, yeah, I fucked that up. But, um, you know, one of the benefits of, uh, of sitting and watching Cosmic Girl together is we also saw the commercials together, right? Yeah. We saw commercials for the other CW properties, which are, you know, which are playing and seeing, you know, seeing our beloved Tim Riggins in a battleship commercial, you know? From, from, from the Hasbro company that brought you Transformers. <laughs> That is really how it's being built. <laughs> From the same people who made the toy that another shitty movie was made. <laughs> that is, I mean, that's just crazy, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah. It's like Hasbro, they make great toys. I'll go see this. Did movie. they? Did they also? I mean, I think they may have also made He Man and GI Joe, GI Joe yeah. and Gem and the Holograms. Uh, you know what I mean? A whole bunch of uh, whole bunch of toys. So right, like. Um, and so seeing our beloved Tim Riggins and our beloved Jason Street, mm. right, uh, on Heart of Dixie was, uh, you know, sort of was an object lesson in how agency is circumscribed. And let me tell you, as a, uh, as a, a graduate, uh, now a master's degree holder from, uh, from a drama school, the thing when people find out that you're, uh, have I said this on the podcast before, uh, that you're going, you're getting a degree in acting, they ask, oh, what kind of acting do you want to do? do as though it's a matter entirely of choice as though I could declare to the world no I only do Broadway revivals of Eugene O'Neill classics and I could like magically generate through the sheer force through the Omarian shotgun of my will right I could magically generate a career that included that included nothing but that but no well, you, you can know. make that true <laughs> right like, Work every six years. <laughs> if that, yeah, yeah, yeah. If that. Um, so uh, right, and and see, seeing these guys, you know, if you were to ask the actor playing Jason Street, what what kind of acting do you want to do? You know, like he, he, he probably would have said, "Hey, I'm ready to start my features career now." You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah and, and well, the, the answer to which is, "You are no Taylor Kitsch, sir." Yeah. Well, and this, I mean, the, but and this does link back to what we were saying with um, with respect to Blake. Lively as well is that you know in, in this way, right? Both the, the the surprising irrelevance of both Blake Lively as the star of the show and of Serena within this world they, they track together, right? And it's even like Blake Lively in in a large way is supposed to be a a star, and yet really does not has not quite landed that star role. She's always she's but she, she's always the bridesmaid, never the bride for all the big roles and, and the gossip. The Hollywood gossip mags that she's going to be the star of this movie or that movie, but there's always someone who's chosen other than her. She did okay in the town, but, but even her part was like very much small, cut, right? Yeah, uh, it was cut significant. It was a small part. Green Lantern was a very bad movie. She's going to be in an Oliver Stone movie. That's pretty much it. 
So, well, yeah, I mean, like, so that this, this, so this is about how discourse circumscribes individual, I mean, individual power. And we were we were connecting it up to um, we were connecting it up to Serena somehow well, to, to corruption. I mean, I think that what's interesting here is that you know, in some ways, uh, one way to read that is that this is that that this kind of act of this this kind of of Serena trying to privatize the public good of, of Gossip Girl is kind of her ha- Hail Mary pass. That is like her last stab at, at relevance, right? Right. Um, right. And, and, and you see this at the, um, at the very end of the most recent episode um, when she's sitting alone eating fruit in the dark. Is that now right. she feels that she has, she has nothing because, like, you know, she can't, you know, she knows that probably what Gossip Girl will do is just ignore her. Right. Now, which is the, the worst, which is a death sentence. Right. Um, yeah, just, and in fact, Gossip Girl's first tweet, her first blast, I should say, after, uh, is, is about Blair, right, leaving the brothel. Yeah. You know, yeah. Heading, back to, heading back to Brooklyn. Right, right. Right, right exactly. Um, and so, and, and I think that you see this kind of, um, you know, desperation as well with, with Lily, is that, you know, that the, you know, evil, evil Serena arc kind of tracks with an evil Lily arc, right? Sure. Because these are also following, you know, the Cece dies um, episodes and the, and the inheritance battle uh, episodes. And, but so Lily's doing something different, which is that she does, she's not a public office holder, but she sort of has sway over public office holders or over public procedure. So she can bribe the nurse to tell lies about Ivy. Right. And make sure the police show up at her apartment to arrest Carol and make sure the press is there right like, for that and then and then also how was the switcheroo with ivy in the apartment supposed to work that right do you, when when oh yeah sure ivy will unfreeze your assets show up at the bank to sign some papers and if you give us the apartment we'll give you all the assets and it was just a lie ivy left the apartment and apparently like uh, lily got in and changed the locks or something, you know what I mean? It wasn't clear exactly how she alienated Ivy from her right to occupy those premises. Cognac, any thoughts? Any thoughts? I know. I think it wasn't even <laughs> in the episode. It was, it was, yeah, it was. I don't think it was there at all. It just well, it I, happened. I, I, well, I know that, but you must have been I mean, even off of those small details. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I know. I mean, look, I, you know. I, I don't want to you know blow up your spot, but those hours that you spend in the law library researching this and the small treatise that you wrote, and you're, you're too modest. <laughs> and, and so I, I think that our, our listeners deserve at least a little glimpse of the the legal analysis of you know what what it would take of the legality of um, of of of, lo- of dispossessing someone uh, and alienating someone of property through a kind of a switcheroo. I mean, would that have any? Like would that stand up in in court at all uh, of the of anything of you know there's, there's a contract or a, it's not even a contract I guess it's a, there's some kind of a verbal agreement that is um, you leave the apartment we'll unfreeze your assets and then you renege um, would there be any would Ivy have any legal recourse? Well, sure. I mean, she was she was she was evicted essentially, right? I mean, she was forced out of her house, and and right, and there was a contract that was broken. But it, yeah, it's also. I mean, she's even though it's tied up in some kind of legal proceeding, and her assets are are frozen, right? She's still the heir to, you know. I mean, until Lily pays someone off and gets the uh, gets the will. 
what's the legal vacated? Is that the term or something like that? Or gets the will set aside or something yeah, like that? Yeah, and then that I, right, and then yeah, that that whole right. So then it would go into intestacy. Right, which is how Carol ends up getting a half, right, or getting her share, her proportional share, which then Lily somehow can get back through the fraud charges. Right. Well, it, yeah, doesn't. Uh, no, but it's not that. Doesn't Billy Baldwin. Billy, Billy Baldwin. Yeah, it's a more complicated. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> Billy Baldwin gets it and donates it to his church. His born again. His born again. Yeah, that is how it happens. <laughs> so uh, right, yeah, that's how, how he manages to. Uh, he he's always taking everybody's money on this. That Billy Baldwin. <laughs> he's incorrigible. Um, yeah. So like I. So my point is that it was just sort of unsatisfying as a bit of. Uh, as a bit of plot mach- machination, right? Because um, uh, because it's kind of like, ha, huh, you're out of the apartment. Uh, one, two, three, no givebacks, <laughs> you know. Yeah, and yeah. and that's uh, um, and that's well, what it is. But they, I mean, it's a. I think there's something else that's interesting about this this kind of switcheroo um, with with. Um, with 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 Ivy is also that you know it is the start of the rift um, between Rufus and Lily that is that is starting to really I think will also I imagine there will, like the reemergence of Bart Bass will also play a role in in that everything is going to change everything everything is going to change <laughs> I killed the guy guys <laughs> Rufus killed the guy Rufus killed the guy no yeah but I think that. I think that part of what's what's very interesting there is that um, Lily, you know, throughout this, part of the rift is that um, Lily keeps Rufus in the dark about these machinations, and there's it's it's almost there's a little bit of an attitude of it. Well, it's better that you that you don't know, sure, right? and and, mm-hmm. um, and and this is almost akin to. You know, Matt, you mentioned this was akin to the structure of, of certain secret police forces. Right. Um, or that is, I mean, that is to say, it's something, it's very American. It's encoded into, like, our Westerns, and it's something I've talked a lot about maybe on the other podcast. But there, there is this idea in... You're doing other podcasts? <laughs> uh, there, what? <laughs> there is this idea um, on, uh, in, like, the Western, for example, that society rests on and must be defended by people whose actions... Uh, ipso facto exclude them from society. Mm. You know what I mean? The cowboy can't live in town. You right. know, or the share, or like Wyatt Earp in, I'm, and I'm thinking well, of... This the, is also um, like the last, the end of, of The Dark Knight as well, right? They, sure. You know, they, it's the end of The Dark Knight. It's also yeah. Serenity. I mean, the, the Firefly film Serenity, mm-hmm. like uh, the... Um, the special agent guy who's played by Chiwetel Ejiofor, I, you know, um, says... Uh, it, he, you know, after he's been totally ruthless, killing children, whatever it takes to try and find Nathan Fillion uh, throughout the whole throughout the whole movie, he says at the end, "I'm working. I'm working for the advent of a new society, and there's no place. You think there's a place for me? I'm a monster in you know in this society." Um, there's a great John Ford movie called My Darling Clementine with Henry Fonda uh, doing the Wyatt Earp story, right? Mm-hmm. And it's um, in the end. Uh, the camera stays with Clementine in town and and we watch 
uh, Henry Fonda ride his um, ride his horse out of town, and we the camera stays behind Clementine. So we are left, the audience is left in town as part of civilization. Mm-hmm. As this guy mm-hmm. who was the sheriff, who was a necessary kind of lawman, um, sort of leaves us because there's no place for him here. And similarly, I think like similarly, Omar dies. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, that really is the only thing that could be. He could not stay a walk among the citizens of Baltimore. It has to be taken away. You see. <laughs> Off into that land of Newports. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> God. Uh, the um, well, yeah, and you know, Bartbass lives and Omar dies, and that's the you know that's, that's the class that. conflict. Yeah. That's the class conflict, right? That that's the race conflict. That's pretty much every conflict. But um, but Rufus and Lily, like uh, Lily, knows. That there's no good telling to, to come from telling Rufus uh, about this. Though, if they are to live together in their apartment, that depends on uh, their marriage kind of surviving depends on Lily being able to do this with impunity and Rufus not knowing about it. Right. You know what I mean? Um, we're we're, proje- we're protected by a kind of intelligence service or a kind of department of dirty tricks right. um, that whose functioning is necessary, but it's also it's equally necessary that we not really know about it. Functioning, right? And I think that I mean it's interesting. I mean, again, it, 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 that is separate, I think, from the corruption issue, but it's also related to it because it, there's a belief in this kind of thing of you know that you know that even you don't necessarily even have to assume kind of corrupt or you know self-interested or like you know personalistic and um, you know leaders that are appropriating the resources of the state for private gain to uh, um, get to a place where they want to have um, a secret police force right that um, what I what I mean by that is you know it's it's that even if the goal is to preserve the the um, the, the public good, you know, you still get to secret police forces because what if something is undermining the state? You know, that that, that, that there's always this lack of security um, against enemies, either external or, or internal, um, and so that there needs to be... Foreign and domestic. Foreign and domestic. <laughs> um, and, and I think what's interesting, though, is that the, the relationship between this type of dirty tricks department and, and the politician, you know, it really depends a lot on, on the regime. Like, you know, no one is really that, – that, that there is a lot more – the nature of this, this sort of open secret um, is still different and even in like a communist um, hmm. state – than in, than in the United States. And in both cases, the, everyone knows but doesn't acknowledge it, but but the amount that is acknowledged and the way that it is acknowledged publicly is um, is, is different. And, and, you know, I think this is even is reflected in another way in the most recent episode of when Dorota is undercover um, <laughs> uh, uh, spying on Diana. Secret agent made. Secret <laughs> agent made. Oh, yeah. I mean, she knows what to, you know. It, They've it, given you massage oil <laughs> yeah yeah she I mean it, it, it's not even like she you know, there's no scene where she's getting her instructions you know we just get her and she's there she's dropped it when what Blair says about her is like I've sent in an expert right right I've sent in a pro yeah right and and you know obviously it's meant to imply that you know just 
you know, um, Dorota does Blair's dirty work. But even more anything is that there's some kind of affinity to this this mode of secret policing that was so prevalent in the Eastern Bloc in the KGB and sure. Stasi, um, and and you know there were, there's of course a Polish equivalent as well. Um, there's a lot, yeah. There's a lot of subterfuge and um, surveillance mm-hmm. in this last episode, whether it's. Uh, Lola and Lola getting Serena to track the the little to Google Maps stalk yeah. essentially the moving dot the right. moving dot of the, they they just click find my iPhone you know they go to iCloud and they click find my iPhone and off they off they go um, Dan following the stretch limo in the uh, you know. Diana slash India in the uh, in the control room, the orgy control room. Um, <laughs> yeah, eyes wide shut. When they got all eyes wide shut, there like eyes wide shut didn't have a control room. It would have made it a lot more interesting, I think. Uh, that is, it would have made the movie a lot more interesting. There was there a control like, room, but it's just that that's where uh, that's, Stanley isn't that, Kubrick, isn't that where Kubrick died, right? Like, <laughs> in the control room <laughs> for the yeah for the eyes wide shut uh, orgy. <laughs> Yeah. So right that so that there's I mean there's this relationship and like so like the thing that strikes me that's different about this and corruption is that corruption is uh corruption is a um an open secret a lot of the time um that is like everyone knows that officials are taking bribes when officials are taking mm-hmm. bribes you know what I mean and it has all kinds of bad effects on an economy you can't attract foreign investment you know what I mean yeah, yeah. but like if you have to live there and you have to live under those circumstances it becomes just a sort of tax that we're kind of resigned right, to right. resigned to paying but i think that the nature of that is that you know what's i, I you know in the United States, when there is a, a massive corruption scandal, everyone is so surprised. Right? How did how did this happen? Yeah. Um, Where yeah. Whereas in like certain developing economies, it's like, well, this oh, is just oh, the course, way. This is, how, this is how you do it. Right. You know the the, the, the famous words that were that were said to me once uh, in Kenya. What do you have for your chief? Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, when when I was at the you know uh, at at the market on, on a market day, um, this is the day after I'd interviewed this young chief who, who gave these great speeches about him being a public servant, about being educated and enlightened chief. And then the next day, the chief came to me and said, "Hey, I'm I'm um, you know I'm a little bit light. I'm I'm running a little light today, um, and I played played ignorant." And he kind of beat around the bush and he finally says, "What I'm trying to say is, what what do you have for your chief?" <laughs> Uh, <laughs> you 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 were you were meant to uh, help him wet his beak. You were meant to wet his beak. Like what? What did you? I, mean, I guess by, that means because he, uh, by talking he to you, my chief. Yes. Uh, yeah, I guess so. I right. Yeah. Yeah. No, my chief. Yeah, he's like my chief is the chairman of a political science department. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we have we have many chiefs. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, like it. it sure. Um, so surveillance, subterfuge, uh, the control of, I mean, the control control of information information is the other, is the other vertex of this vertex of this triangle, right? Right. Who is, well, I mean, yeah. So what is information? I mean, information is information about identity. That is, uh, who is who? Uh, right, and that's th- that's kind of figured in these episodes in the like who is my who is my mother who is my father with Lola and with Chuck. Um, information is about who did what, you know, um, which is uh, sort of who gave me blood, you know, uh, who is my father alive, kind of kind of thing, and um, 
you know, information is also sort of who who wants what, right? Right? Like uh, Lola wanting the audition, mm. you know, and Serena know Serena knowing it and fucking with her. Well, then there's also the the, the, the for, uh, another layer or level of, you know, what does it mean, right? right? And that that in some ways, without Gossip Girl, without the the public Gossip Girl. Um, and the role that it plays, you know, that you we see a at the beginning of, of the second to last uh, episode in this this run um, that that it opens with the the gossip like various like tabloids or even like you know the, I think the one magazine that's kind of central here is like New York Magazine, right? Which is like kind of running wild about like these these you know the, the running the types of kind of long form articles that are often the cover stories in the magazine that are about these various scandals and you know and and that often what a New York Magazine does here is is it's not exactly just a gossip brand but it is a culture mag that is um, focused on New York and, and it, but it, it kind of is that it you know part of what New York Magazine does is it's a magazine that. You know, takes what happens in New York and narrativizes the the broader importance of of the for New York. I mean, for, for New Yorkers, right? It's right. like I mean, but, for, but then for the world, right? Well, sure. I mean, I'm sure they have a uh, I'm sure they have a readership outside of the city of New York, but it's not. It, it seems like the target audience of it, it you know, what I mean, is is for people who live in New York. So it's kind yeah. of it's kind of like a gossip girl yeah. in the sense that it's an yeah. organ of it's how it's one way that New York talks to itself. Right. And in that way, I mean, it's interesting because um, you know, even though we don't live in New York anymore, we, I mean, I still read New York magazine. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's one of it's one of the major um, you know, sort of the, the online organs of New York Magazine, like the Vulture blog, uh-huh. um, and to an extent, Grub Street are two of the the blogs that I read the most. And then the, the magazine content itself. If I read magazines, that is often what I what I read. And so that even at a certain point, you often I don't know. I think that you're much more likely to start reading New York Magazine when you live in New York, but you. You kind of it stays with you just as Gossip Girl stays with these characters as they move out of out of high school. High school. Sure, um, that you know that um, the the social order, even though the the, the specific cleavages, uh, salient cleavages, change as they move out of high school, and this you know sp- the way the social networks map onto spatial extents change, the actual community itself is broadly similar and the purpose of what it's about the social purpose is is similar and gospel still plays a role in regulating this in the same way New York Magazine plays this role of, of saying what things mean you know what does it mean to be a, a New Yorker right uh, and, and it's not about being in New York at all um, you know that there are many many I would say that, you know the, probably the majority of people who live in New York are not you know um, New Yorkers uh, in in the in in the way that it, like New York Magazine means, right? Mm-hmm. It's like New York Magazine really is a magazine for people who are in the ninety nine percent who are mistaken about where they fall. Ninety nine percent, you know, even who mistakenly believe they're in the one percent or uh-huh. just are a higher percentile, and that is like that is what it is to be in that in, in that empire state of mind, right? <laughs> um, to be misguided about how kind of 
um, well off you are and cultured you are. That, that's really what New York <laughs> is about. <laughs> well, right. And about if you have to narrativize your own sort of experiences for the benefit of yourself and others, you're, you're inflated about, yeah, where you fall in the, in the hierarchy, but you're also inflated about the kind of the importance of your own experience. Right. You know what I mean? Like you're, you're misled, uh, sort of about those, about those things. Right. right. Something in Blair and Serena, something which they've both suffered from greatly. They're depressed. They're lost because they here they are. They're desperately trying to create new narratives for themselves right, because they yeah. thought they were important. Right. Because this, I mean, a lot of the whole action in the episode that starts with the, the, the focus on the New York Magazine is that Blair is is lowbrow, despicable in the uh, in the uh, New York Magazine's approval matrix. Right. Right. And that itself is like. You know, it's, it's, it's the grid that kind of interprets events, right? And it gives them, again, meaning of, um, you know, do we, is this, is this okay? Um, and it was the idea that, you know, that, that things that are, are valid are, um, are, are highbrow uh, and they're brilliant. Right. Right. They're, they're, they're both, they're, they're which is interesting. Um, she likes, yeah, she wants to be highbrow despicable, like Victoria Beckham, who I'm not sure, I, I don't know why she's highbrow, but... I don't she's, understand she's how she's highbrow. Oh, because she's British. <laughs> Didn't you watch that Salon episode? Oh, yeah, I guess yeah, so. I watched... Things, all things British. All things British are highbrow, yeah. I mean, she, she was a, a Spice Girl, I'm not sure how... Oh, she's the posh one. Yeah. Oh, that's true, she's yes. She's posh one. She's highbrow Spice. Well, she's from Essex, apparently, which is that... The, the part of uh, the London South suburb. London, yeah. Yes. A London suburb with a very bad reputation for, for being trashy. Yeah. And this way is Essex, or the only way is Essex, mm-hmm. the is hills it, of, Lon- of London. Is a show that, yeah, exactly. The, the, uh, it, it's kind of like the real housewives of London, isn't it? That, like, uh, oh, wow. the only way of is Essex. I think you can watch it on, on Hulu. Um, how, how do you say prostitution whore? <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. Right, like, uh, uh, very strong bait. I'm sorry to our extensive British listenership. Right, uh, good. We're, we're just like, we, we are crossing our own sections off the map. <laughs> <laughs> we're, uh, yeah, good constant offable. So the... That's uh, <laughs> interesting. I feel... I don't know. We were saying about real New Yorkers and, and the... I feel like Serena and Blair in some ways are, are real. They're, they're suffering for narrativizing their own lives. And actually, it's, it's like the contrast is Dan, who has been observant all these years, right? Quietly observing all over the milieu, the milieu around him. And now he's happy and he's calm and he's... He actually has like an established social. What well, he's able to brand himself. He's able to brand, uh, yeah, right? in, a, in a way that's well, right. That, I mean, that's the thing because when you're narrativizing events, you, you're it, it's. It's it's argumentative. It's polemical. Yeah. You know what I mean. That is to say, you're trying to convince someone of something when you when you have to narrativize events. And usually, for us, being good capitalists and sort of producers of culture, it's to sell something. Mm-hmm. You know, and in New York, it's to sell a cultural product, usually of some kind, or like a luxury good. And um, and uh, what what um, Serena and Blair have done, the mistake that that they've made that you're pointing out is that they're they're selling something to themselves. You know what I mean? That is to say, they're they're out to prove to themselves that they are in fact the most important person. Mm-hmm. 
uh, important person in the universe. And actually, Dan sort of, I mean, in a kind of meta commentary from the writers, Dan points out how much he misses old school Blair. Yeah. You know, like when Blair was Queen Bee and was just cool and was kind of effortlessly in charge of anything before she, like, you know, started striving. And the striving started, I think, with the college stuff, right? Like. Yeah, well, but I think there, there is also this this interesting thing, and this is the other thing that happened in that episode. Is she said, I you know I didn't want to be in anybody's shadow anymore. I didn't mm-hmm. want to be in you know I, I've been in Chuck's shadow and in and in Louis's shadow. So there is this idea of you know it's it's there is a certain amount of punishment for trying to exert this kind of agency, right? That right. Is, that, um, that on the one hand she feels this because she was you know. Joined in a, in a in a relationship, and then is really trying to uh, exert her independence um, through. I mean, there's because I, I, there's the episode. I think it's the first post Chuck season where I mean, I, I, and the chronology is getting away from me a little bit, but it's season the the, the season last season um, was the one where she was trying to exercise, you know, it was her play of being a powerful woman. Sure. This is when she was, like, the, what, briefly the editor of W Magazine or something yeah, like that? Yeah, so she was, a, yeah, she was an intern for yeah. W Magazine. But, no, but then, didn't she, like... Oh, right, she, she yeah, she... Not, yeah. Ed, not the editor, but, like, it was, like, it was definitely high above where where she should be. Right. Should be. As, a, as a freshman in college. Yeah, so that was the city. Uh, that was the city of Gossip Girl, you know what I mean? Yeah, right, where, right. With, uh... Yeah. It, you know, it... She but she started striving in part because her her high school pat like the the way she employed power in high school did not work in in college in college they right. failed well, that, that, so yeah, she has to then find other models for point. power and she hasn't really she's actually tried all kinds of avenues for power and has never really had that kind of power from high school she's tried to be both going through powerful men and then trying to be have powerful careers well yeah that's, it's it's interesting because like in season 3 she winds up as a freshman at NYU right because right. she she's um, not allowed she loses Yale because she was messing with the teacher even as Dan was messing with the teacher teacher right um, right and 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 then you know that that's you know she's you know she has no power there. She's like you know perceived to be ridiculous, um, and and the ways that she tries to exercise authority is is like you know either ineffectual or really like lamp- openly lampooned. And she goes to Columbia and is also uh, ineffectual, um, and then you know tries these these stabs at, at real world power of trying to be you know a. You know, there's different a culture. I mean, a cultural producer or someone right, in her mother's she, organization. Yeah, yeah. She tries a, a few other kind of models of to be a, a CEO. Right. Yeah. Indira, Indira Nooyi or yeah, so. Right. Like exactly, uh, exactly. she's gonna go run Pepsi. Yeah. 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 She's gonna make a right. She's gonna make a mass market consumer. Right. You know, chip. <laughs> you know, right. soft drink. Right. So I think you're right that I mean, the, the, this kind of narrativization is about is argumentative and it and again. Hit that again. One of our, our one of the hobby horrors, one of the cornerstones of our program, of this relationship between the the public and the private, right? So that in addition to um, just kind of saying, oh, this is where Dan Humphrey came from. This is who Dan Humphrey is. You know, this is the personal brand. Um, it, it, that this is a a thing that creates not just a um, you know a a, a individual, but it, a kind of it creates something that transcends the individual. It's, it's in that way, actually similar to the the living Bart, what it is of Bart <laughs> you know, that, that 
that um, lives is this thing that transcends the person. Um, and it's always, I mean, I don't know, for whatever reason, um, you know, both thinking of viewing Dan in that way and viewing this, um, um, this, this, this personal narrativization as this argument. I mean, in some ways, of the, the types of origin stories that people tell of great cities, um, and and the, 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 there's these, these mythical and often metaphorical metaphorical origin stories, um, and, and then and that makes me then think of um, you know we've we've talked several times um, about the mountain goats, um, on, on this podcast, <laughs> right? And you know our mother has been absent ever since she founded Rome, but there's going to be a party when the wolf comes home, um, and, and, and um, you know the the wolf of Bart Bass has come home, right? Because he lives, and there's going to be a party in these, in these last two episodes. Yeah, I'll bet, I'll bet there are two parties. One per episode. <laughs> so, uh... So this well, sure, is... How else will everyone find everything out? Right, yeah, absolutely. The, um... So, uh, you know, you can uh, email us at tftpodcastsoverthinking.com. You can tweet at tftpodcast. Wow, thank you for delivering this amazing do- cognac. Cognac. Cognac, cognac, cognac. <laughs> delivering this amazing hosting duties. Yeah. Go on. <laughs> well, uh, cognac. sorry. <laughs> cognac, would you like Thanks, to say. Thanks, Ryan, for being so. <laughs> would you like to say <laughs> what the. So uh, passive aggressive. <laughs> would you like to say the, the phone number? Uh, it's what? It's 18. It's fat jog. <laughs> 20 fat jog zero one. That's two zero three two eight five six four zero one. We have some. We have some voicemails. Uh, we have a voicemail and some tweets. We'll actually play them on later episodes, but we can't really roll them in uh, on the live episode. This is. Um, uh, this has been the uh, the live episode, and uh, it's been uh, it's been wonderful. I just want to actually, uh, as we close, extend a thank you to my my gracious host. Uh, you know, uh, here in uh, here in in Boston, as I've been here this weekend for overthinking it live, a live overthinking it podcast, and uh, I watched four Gossip Girl episodes today because I had to catch up on two before Ryan and <laughs> that Cognac. Been, that must be really tiring. <laughs> I can't even imagine. Yeah, they, it's really rough. That's really rough. They what called. They called me at seven thirty this morning with the. Uh, <laughs> you got to get on this episode. We need you, Matt. Hey, you know what? Seven. 30 is 4.30 for me, you know. So you must, it must be really important. Yeah, it's yeah. super, it's super important. Um, yeah, uh, it's been, uh, it's been a wonderful uh, thing to stay here, oh, to consume you. massive quantities of barbecue, to uh, check out bicycles and ride them along the Charles River, a, t- a tandem bicycle. Ryan and I rode a tandem bicycle <laughs> along. A tandem the- bicycle of interpretive sociology. <laughs> 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 the- it's been wonderful to do uh, improv comedy about uh, about you know thesis offense and about uh, Bane. There was a great segment on Bane in the in the show. But most importantly, more than anything else, it's been great to be here for these fucking teenagers. teenagers.